Hello and welcome to the Savvy Mama podcast. My name's Renee Verco. I'm a financial advisor, the founder at Money Mode and a mum of two. This week on the podcast, you have got me in your ears talking to you about a topic that I am super, super passionate about, and that is our relationship with money and money in relationships. So if you've listened to last week's episode with Jane Monica Jones as a financial therapist, we talked a lot about the emotional side of money. So we're going to take that theme just a little bit further this week and talk in a little bit more detail about our money stories and how to go about a reflective piece of work in discovering yours. And then how to talk about that with your partner, how to get on the same page, always remembering that you are both different, but there is a way to create a united money story going forward. The thing that I always need to preface this with is that there is never any right or wrong with our money stories. It's about creating awareness and really understanding what our triggers are, what our experiences are and what sort of things we need to do to be able to put ourselves in the driver's seat and honour those things that are really and truly important to us. Understanding and uncovering our money story and being able to share that with our partner and setting up systems around ourselves to support us is the thing that is going to help us achieve our goals. Because with all of these types of themes that I'm talking about, it's giving you that little bit of know-how on the things that it takes to get from where you are today to where you want to be. As I often say, I always believe that money is so much about emotion than it is about the accumulation of it. Now, if you're not in a relationship, stay tuned because at some stage in the future, you may well be. And to have some awareness around you know, these concepts and thoughts is really, really important because it will put you in a position of being really empowered and in control of what those things are that are important to you when you are in a relationship. We know that money is such an emotional beast and, you know, I have over the years had people tell me that money is not important to them and if I push them a little bit further and peel back a few layers, it's what they think money represents that's not important to them. So, it may be materialism or ego or things like that that's not important but actual financial security may well be important to them. So it's really important what you at face level think your view on money is, is that you actually peel it back a little bit because money is so much more than money. It's all of the emotion and the fear, the insecurity, the stability, your mental health, all of these things that are behind the money. And when we talk about money in relationships, what we'll cover off on is that arguments about money are actually never about the money. They're about something else that the money is representing or it's playing out in the money. But it is usually a value or a belief or something along those lines that is being played out with the money. So often if you are in arguments about money, you need to just stop and pause for a second and look at what the actual root cause of that argument is. And that's where it's really, really powerful to go back and talk about our money stories because no one individual is the same. So on the financial planning side of things, so I am a financial advisor and have been you know, in the industry for a long time, over 15 years, I think it's 20 years ago that I was studying. And 
in the last, I guess, 20 years in the industry, this whole behavioural finance has become, you know, quite a big topic. But when financial advisors and planning firms and the industry is talking about behavioural finance, they're usually talking about it from the angle of investor behaviour. So, a lot of what I do in my day job is advising clients around, you know, investments and in a lot of cases, managing investments on their behalf. So what a lot of the focus, you know, that we are trained in is talking to clients about how they feel about risk, where they sit, what their emotional kind of biases are, etc. Because typically investors don't behave rationally. And that's why they'll often appoint an advisor, someone that can be rational and guide them and coach them through the decisions that they need to make. But a lot of the process that we go through with clients is really understanding how they feel about taking risk, how they would react when share markets rise and fall. And our job is largely to help and educate them around that and guide them on some of the actions that they may need to take to reach their goals. But of course, taking into account their natural position on how they feel about risk. So from my professional side, it's definitely we do touch on the behavioural finance side, but it is largely around that investment experience that clients have had and do have going forward. And you may, if you've invested before or read, you know, it, it is an area that's of interest to you. You know, there is some theories that a large part of our share market fluctuation is based on emotion. So if you think about when markets are rising, people often want to get on and and buy shares because they don't want to miss out. And then when markets fall, people sell out because they're fearful that they might lose something. And often they get the timing all completely wrong because they're often buying at the top and selling at the bottom. Our job is to guide them to make really rational, long-term, good decisions. But I am super passionate about taking the psychology and the behaviour of money on a much more day-to-day level with people and I do a lot of that work through the Kickstart course that I run. Behavioural finance is one thing but our money psychology is a bigger beast and shapes a lot about the way we view money and how money works in our lives and relationships. There's some really interesting research from Relationships Australia which probably will not surprise you to hear but financial stress is the number one reason for separation and it doesn't seem to matter what level of income there is. For me, I had the biggest personal discovery about money stories when I went through a divorce in my early 30s and with that, a load of counselling. One of the major discoveries I had was the importance of understanding our money stories, that deep-seated belief and value system that is ingrained in us. You see, in that relationship, money was a toxic mess. It's not something that happened overnight, but it was a build-up that snowballed into something very difficult to unpack. But when we did unpack it, it was all sorts of things, even levels of self-esteem that played out in the way money worked in our relationship. Being a financial advisor and having a mess of a financial situation carried this huge amount of shame for me. And I really struggled having come from a very humble upbringing, working really hard to get and support myself through university and pave out a career, that I was in this terrible financial situation. I won't go into the nitty gritty of it, but just to share with you the realisation that I had this really important money story that I wasn't honouring in my life. 
our stories were really different. Our templates were really different. And our templates are the patterns or ideas that we experience in our upbringing. What I knew and what I had experienced in my life wasn't wrong. It was part of me and will always be part of me. And for me, one thing, having financial security and independence is something that's really important and something that I will always honour and make sure I have systems around me to support that innate need. So the key highlights on my money story is that my parents separated when I was young. My mum, from that point on, mainly financially supported us. I don't actually remember a lot of money conversations growing up, but my observations around money is that we didn't have a lot of it. Money was scarce. My mum was very resourceful. A treat for us was hiring a video player from our local video shop for birthdays. Our holidays were staying with relatives or camping in a tent, all wonderful things, but we knew that we didn't have a lot of money. But my mum always had a backup, which I observed too. So if the car broke down, she was always able to get it fixed. I had a part-time job from the age of 14. And from that point on, I actually largely supported myself financially. My learnings about money was survival, really. It was scarce. It was treated with a lot of respect. And I observed my family being really cautious with it. There was then a lot of good, bad and otherwise that happened in my money story growing through my 20s, which a lot of us have. It's a difficult period in our lives because for a lot of us, we are earning a decent amount of money for the first time and that can be difficult to manage. But back to that relationship, there was a lot about our money world which didn't work for me at all, but I wasn't taking control of my own needs. And here I was floundering in this destruction around me and feeling like I was a failure and not actually knowing or being equipped to pave my way out of it. So the thing I want to emphasize is there is no mold to fit into when it comes to being in a relationship. It's about negotiating and working together on what works for you both. And money is a really huge part of that. So my biggest life lesson is that I needed to have more awareness around my needs and have myself in the driver's seat of my own life and my own level of financial security, whether that be in a relationship or not. So one of the great things that I realized through my personal and professional life is that there is no guide out there to teach you how to manage money in your relationship. So often we enter into a relationship and money's the last conversation that you have. But I'm going to share with you some tips on how to uncover your money story and how to bring up the money conversation in a really safe way. And to make it a conversation that's actually not so much about the money, but about all those other feelings and emotions that are around the money. So how do you start going through this journey of uncovering your money story? Well, it all starts with a basically really reflective piece of work. So it's going back and looking at your money story and what emotions does this stir within you? So as I've talked about, your money story impacts your goals, your behaviours and ultimately your quest for financial freedom and well-being. So in all of this research, professional experience, client experience, personal experience, it is really evident to me that understanding your money story is a very important foundation to help you navigate getting from where you are today to where you really want to be. So start asking yourself, how do you think and react about money? What did money mean to your family growing up? Were your parents frugal? Did they live paycheck to paycheck? Did they spend lavishly? Did they spend on credit? 
Did they work hard? Did they save money before making purchases? Was money important? Was it unimportant? What were your perceptions around it? And were there any significant moments relating to money in your family's life? And how did this impact you and your family? Were there significant financial gains or significant financial losses such as bankruptcy or unfortunate events that may have taken place? Was there redundancies or job losses or divorces or death? What were the significant events, if any, that took place? And was money even talked about growing up? What do you think it meant? Was there some level of awareness that you had around your parents' financial situation or was it just secret language? Were there arguments about money? How did money work in your parents' relationship? Was mum in charge? Was dad in charge? Who controlled those purse strings? Your parents may have had also different attitudes around money and that may have had an impact on you. And Also, how did you perceive the status of your family growing up? Were you considered wealthy, middle class? How did you feel about this? Was it even a thing at the time when you look back now? How does it make you feel? And then I guess, what were your first experiences with money like? Did you have a part-time job? Did you get pocket money? What did you do with the money that you got? Were you encouraged to do something with it? How did all of that play out? So once you've got a really good picture on, I guess, your upbringing around money, then it's starting to look at those money lessons that you got in your adult life. So are there any significant events or experiences that you've had that have had an impact on you? So the other way I like to look at this is looking at your money traumas and triumphs. So any bad experiences that you've had that made you suffer or feel lost or uneasy or challenged you or made you struggle or whatever. And what was that all about? And then looking at your proud moments, your triumphs, those successful things that, you know, you can look back and feel a sense of achievement. If you start to peel back these layers, it starts to tell a bit of a story. And then you can sort of look at these reflections and pick out what are those really good foundations that your money story has given you? What are the things that you're really proud of? And are there actually some things in that story that are perhaps holding you back So I guess it's then looking at each of your money stories and going through what the key reflections are that you've each come across and talking about what are the really proud things that you each have, the things that are holding you back, where there's mismatches in your relationship, where are those things that I talked about, about my own experience, what are those things that you need to honour and how can you actually do that? The thing about your money story is there is no right or wrong. And as a couple, you are bringing something different to the table. And it's really about making sure you're honoring these values for one another and sharing the discussion and then being able to go, all right, what sort of money story do we want to be able to create going forward? So how does money work in your relationship now? What works well? What doesn't work well? Is one partner more in control of the money or earning more money than the other? And how does this play out for you? And how does this make you both feel? It's a lot of emotional stuff, but you really need to explore it. I believe, I'm a strong believer that you really need to explore all of these types of themes. And then once you've done that, you've really got an opportunity to go, how do we want to rewrite our money story going forward? What messages do we want to give our children about money? What lessons do we want to teach our kids about money? What do we want them to perceive from us? And start to actually be quite proactive and aware of how you are behaving and talking about money 
in your household, in your family. Because it is so important, you will be giving off messages that you aren't even aware of to your children. So start thinking about what those are. Let me give you some good advice, Junior. So here are some of my top tips for committed couples and their money. So my very first thing is to also preface that every relationship is different and it's not often that you are completely aligned and experiencing the same thing. You come from different places with different life experiences. So you're going to be different about money. Tip one, start talking about money. Make a conscious choice to talk about it constructively. Allow yourselves the time to be prepared and ready to speak up about it. Go through your money stories together. Be vulnerable, be compassionate, be open, be honest. Talk about the things that make you feel really good, inspired, energized, successful. Talk about the things that don't make you feel so good. Talk about the money story that you want to create going forward. What values do you want to demonstrate as a couple? What values, beliefs, habits do you want to instill in your children? What do you need to acknowledge about each other's differences? And how can you honour each other? This is a really great way to actually start this money conversation. You've got the emotional side that I'm talking about, but it's also this practical side. Sit down and do your balance sheet together. I also call it a position statement, but where exactly are you at right now? What are your assets? What are your loans? Start thinking about your goals and your aspirations together and individually. They're both important. And start going, what actually needs to happen on this balance sheet? What needs to be different about this situation that's going to help us achieve our goals? So are you having issues in your relationship about money? If you are, you've got to get to the root cause of what that is. Is it money that's actually the issue or is there something else underlying? And remember, it's okay to disagree on things. All right, so my next top tip is get involved. So even if one of you is taking on the reins of managing the finances day to day, which quite often is the case in most families, and I hear a lot that mums typically do it because they're doing the grocery shopping and opening the mail and paying the bills, et cetera, et cetera. It is totally okay for one person in the partnership to be managing the money. The thing is that you get engaged with it. So my tip is that you don't take complete and utter control and that you don't hand over complete and utter control because it will likely lead to some level of imbalance around empowerment potentially in your relationship. So it's just staying involved and engaged, each of you, no matter who plays what role. Speak up is my number three tip. Speak up. Have a voice in decision-making. Be involved in the decisions that need to be made regardless of your contribution to the income level of the household. You're in a partnership you both have a voice. So speak up about the things that are important to you. Number four, be really clear and honest. So have clarity on what's important to you, what you're working towards and be honest. Be honest with yourself and honest with each other. Being honest about how you feel about your finances is something that's really important. So if you feel that you have to hide something from your partner about what you were bringing to a relationship, then you need to ask yourself why you're hiding that because there will be an underlying thing there as well. And you need to be really honest with yourself and with each other. Number five, set, negotiate and share goals. Sharing goals is so important as a couple because it will help bring that everyday money conversation 
into the bigger picture of what you're actually working towards. And I talk about this a lot through my Kickstart course. It's really about, you know, sort of setting goals, understanding your purpose, going through this piece of work around your money story and then being really, really clear on where you are headed. And if you need to find some middle ground, that's totally fine. Do what feels right for you both. But I also think, you know, you need to make sure that if you have some individual goals that you are building that in as well and letting your partner know what those goals are. And then it's really about checking in regularly. I'm going to include some other tips in my show notes for people that are entering a relationship kind of in the early days and how you can bring up that money conversation early on and the things that you should be kind of aware of as well, the do's and don'ts. And I think always, you know, when you're entering into a new relationship, there is that period of lust (laughs) that we all go through, which is wonderful, but you potentially have your blinkers on. So it's about making sure that you've got some awareness about your partner's money story. So that is a lot of information that I have shared with you about how to tackle money in relationships. But one thing that comes up all the time when it comes to the really practical everyday stuff is should we have separate bank accounts or joint? So having shared with you a little bit about my money story, having some level of separate bank account for me is so important because for me needing to have that level of empowerment and independence over my finances is important. So I think you need to talk about what works for you both and if you are going to have a shared bank account, you need to talk about how it's going to work and set some boundaries around it. One of my top tips is to have a shared bank account for all of your joint expenses. So whether that's rent or a mortgage for all your other commitments, for your utilities, for all those expenses around running your household. Then my partner and I, we have our own separate little bit of fun money account. And when we touched on this in the Back to Basics podcast episode, when we talked sort of a lot around budgeting and setting up systems. So for me, it works to have, you know, joint account and then also a personal account, which is my personal bit of fun money. And my partner has the same. And that really works well for us because we both have a level of you know, independence and empowerment over our spending money each week. And that fits into our budget and there's no qualms, there's no debates, there's no niggling tit for tat or anything like that. But I guess it's having that discussion with both of you and making sure that you speak up and that the system meets your needs. It's all about, you know, the practical day-to-day side of managing your money has to be a system that supports you and that you do take into account these emotions and, you know, your tendencies around money and make sure that you're putting that system in place to protect it. I hope that I haven't opened up a can of worms for any of you today listening into this podcast, but this is a topic that I am super passionate about. So I hope that I've given you some insights on some things that are really important. And one thing that I will leave you with is arguments about money are never really about the money. They are about our hopes, our dreams, our fears. So make sure that you are designing a life that takes care of your hopes and dreams and gives you a sense of security and stability around your fears. I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to explore more around this, you may be interested in my Kickstart course, which is running on the 19th of October and the enrolments are open now. You can find out more details around that on my website. 
But thanks once again for listening in to the Savvy Mama podcast. I've really enjoyed being able to share this story with you today. Please take care, go easy on yourselves and I'll be back with you again next week. Take care, guys. Bye.